Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Welcome to Stacking the Box. To subscribe, hit us up on Google Play or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. Here is Stacking the Box. Welcome into Stacking the Box. I'm Josh Hill alongside Matt Verderam and Jeff Schwartz. A lot of talk about in the NFL this week. We're getting to the playoff push. Things are starting to come together. But I wanted to start with something else, guys. We have Fansided 250 that we launch every year at Fansided. We rank the 250 best fandoms in the world. It's a great list. It's everything. It's sports. It's entertainment. It's pop culture. It's celebrities, sports figures. And it got me thinking. We talk about football a lot here. Because, Jeff, you used to play. Verderam, you've watched this since, I think, the day you were born. Yeah, I didn't based play. on everything that you tell me every <laughs> single week. But what do you guys like outside of football? Because you, Verderam... I would be <laughs> I would be remiss if I because a, a couple of we uh, about a month ago or say a couple months ago I dogged you pretty bad about the A's and yeah. they proceeded to lose in the wild card game yeah. sucks to suck yeah. the Twins yeah. though they did, say, they, did, they did they did lose in the Bronx the to the yes, Yankees yeah. um, but you know you have a b- pretty big Chiefs fandom yeah if the Chiefs aren't on what are you doing Verderam probably watching a film of the Chiefs no uh, <laughs> look I, I, as you said look I'm an A's fan in baseball I'm a New Jersey Devils fan in hockey I'm a Knicks fan in basketball and I'm seeking counseling for it um, yeah. but like outside of sports you know I, I mean look I, I love music like I'll, I'll listen to I'll listen to 90s like I love Nirvana Green Day Blink-182 all that stuff but then again I'll go old school too like I love listening to the Rolling Stones or the Who ah um, uh, yes TV not a huge TV person. Like, if I'm watching TV, it's probably sports. But, like, I'll watch, like, This Is Us with my wife, Stephanie. Uh, I'll watch, I love Mad Men when it was on. Love The Sopranos. We'll watch The Sopranos yeah, every yeah. day of my life on oh, a yeah. if I had the opportunity. I mean, after all, I'm Italian and from, and from New York, and my whole family's from Jersey. So, um, yeah, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different uh, interests. In it. Love world, you know, world, like history, World War II buffs. So, mm. you know, but that, uh, I don't think that made the list. <laughs> I don't think World War World II, War II just made the fan the side of 250. World War II I, just I missed the cut. I love how we're just football guys just like making stuff up that we're like, oh, I guess we watch TV. <laughs> yeah, I guess I we like yeah. hang out with our families every now and then. I actually am a huge baseball fan. I'm a huge Giants fan. Um, I follow them probably more than I probably should on the East Coast. Um, I'm a Lakers fan too. It's just hard on the East Ooh. Coast to kind of make all these things work. Um, tra- I don't know if traveling counts as, a, as an interest. Uh, my wife and I travel – uh, a whole bunch. Um, dude, I'm pretty boring, man. Like, I Aren't I watch the Netflix shows, the TV shows. I watch all that stuff. But, like, yeah. I I grew up playing sports. I played all three sports in high school. My weekends were spent watching sports. Um, and now that's how I spend my weekends now. I mean, obviously, yeah. I have young kids. So when football's over, we'll go to – uh, you know, we'll do kids things on the weekends, things like that. My son's now playing sports. Um, I will say I do like electric dance music. I don't think people would think that about me. Oh. Uh, big fan of it. Um, I will probably attend the Electric Daisy Carnival with my wife in Vegas. She went two years ago by herself. I'll probably go this year. It will be odd being the only sober person there, but um, <laughs> it's going to be fun nonetheless. That's fantastic. We need video of that. Oh yeah, we need we need a lot of video of that. I mean, you know what, man? I agree that like I'm so boring because I outside of my wife and my daughter, it's pretty much it's that's it. Like I'm watching some game. I was up till one thirty in the morning yesterday, and you'd be like, "Oh, what? You're watching Netflix?" No, no, I was watching the Giants Eagles, and then started watching films <laughs> of Sunday's games. So. You're working yeah, on your basement you watch, too, aren't you? Watch you? More, you watch more film than I do. Like I, I just I gotta do the college stuff too. I got st- errands and stuff to run during the day. I got my radio shows. Like I don't actually watch as much film as people think I probably do. I just don't have the time. Like I don't I don't ha- I just don't have it. Yeah, you don't have to though, because you can watch a game and you see a lot of this stuff like as it's yes. happening. You're like, okay, well they're running power here. And like for me, I've gotten better as years have gone on doing that. But at the same point, like I didn't play in the NFL. I didn't play like I I need to go back and go, oh, I thought it was cover three, but really, 
it was oh, kind yeah. of combo cut. Co- like, there, there's yeah. no chance I'm doing right. that in an actual game. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, you guys watch a lot of films. Way to play all the greatest hits of a sports writer guy, though, Verdram. You're super into World War II. You like doing housework, and you like old 70s rock. Yeah, there Listen, you go. That's that's I, the bingo card. I'm, I'm building bingo. out. I'm building out my basement. Okay, it's it's a place I can go and, and have a beer and, and watch some film, and I'm not clogging up the TV for yeah. my wife. That way, she can watch Hoarders. Which, by the way, okay, that show makes me makes me actually anxious. That Hoarders stuff, I can't deal with that. Yeah, like just just burn the house down. Well, speaking like, of, don't, why clean it? Just write these people a check for the for the value of the home and just set it on fire. And now there's no more mess. The mess is gone, and everybody. Yeah, but the mess, but it's it's dealing with the mental part, right? They they want the mess there. That's the point. Yeah, but Jeff, I, watch, I can't deal I, with I that. Say, the one show that I do watch, well, we watch my wife and I watch Shameless together. But Six Hundred Pound Life. Oh man, show, she my it, wife loves that oh, show. Oh it's, boy, it's just oh boy. No, well, speaking of watching film, we. Uh, <laughs> Josh is moving away from this as quickly we, as you. Well, we talk. found some fans of watching film over the weekend, <laughs> and they happen to be in New England. The Patriots, they get busted for apparently filming the Cincinnati Bengals coaching staff on the sideline. A report comes out this morning from The Athletic that says whatever is on the footage appears to be eight minutes of nothing but the Bengals coaching staff. The guy who recorded this apparently works for the Patriots. The Patriots said he doesn't work for them. It's independent. What we do know is that this is not the first time that the Patriots have been accused of cheating or skirted up to the line of cheating or even given us an excuse to say, hey, this is a little below board. Jeff, Matt, is it fair at this point to be like the Patriots are just cheaters and accept that? Uh, I don't know what happened because the report comes out Monday. Zach Taylor's asked about it. He says, we're aware of an incident. Doesn't really go much further than that. The thing that really raised my antenna is not even about guilt, but just kind of to the story, was nothing gets out of New England that they don't want to get out of New England. Like they're they're very much it's not you know you don't get a lot of sourced reports coming out of out of Foxborough. Immediately, Rappaport, Breer, Schefter, they all have the exact same story coming out. Sources are telling us this. Well, obviously that's coming from New England, probably coming from the Crafts, whether it's Robert or Jonathan, take your pick. Okay. So that was kind of interesting. It was kind of felt like the Pats were trying to get ahead of it, which makes sense. But then as the day goes on, you know, it's more and more like, well, no, this wasn't just like a coincidence. Like this actually was, you know, now they were reportedly filming for the whole first quarter. The Pats come out and say, yeah, there was some stuff that happened. We, you know, it was an accidental situation. And then, yeah, Tuesday mornings we're recording this podcast comes out. No, there's eight straight minutes of them allegedly filming the Bengals sideline. Now, look, I, I don't know whether they're guilty or not. I know that optics-wise, it's bad because uh-huh. they've been popped for this stuff before. Okay, if this is any other franchise, it's a minute story. They get a slap on the wrist, you move on. But it's not any other franchise. It's the Pats. So I, look, I'm not going to sit here and play judge, jury, and executioner. I haven't seen the film. I don't know. But because of who it is, yeah, there's going to be a lot of scrutiny and there's going to be a lot of pressure on the NFL to really go into a deep dive on the whole thing. Jeff, you played in the NFL. Let's say you're on that Bengal sideline and you hear that the Patriots are filming. What's going through your head after you hear that, knowing that they've done this before? Like, what does that do to you as a player? So many things need to be explained here. All right, go back to 2007, right? Spygate was at a time. Why is my why is my head so much so big in the screen? <laughs> it's, it's amazing to me. All right. Um Spygate was an instance where they're filming defensive coaches signaling plays, right? So if you're watching right now, I'm, I'm doing waving my hands, whatever the play call was. Right? I still remember from college what our defensive coach called a zone blitz. He would do this and go like this three times, okay? So you, you learn the signals, especially if you're playing on the same team. Okay, they were filming the signals of the Jets and really every team and then matching them up with the coverages. All right. There's no signaling anymore. Everyone is radioed in a play call, okay? I went back and watched the early part of the Bengals-Browns game, all right? You can clearly see there's a there's a shot, eight minutes and 30 seconds left in the first quarter. If you watch the broadcast copy of number 36 on the Bengals, voicing in a play call to his defense, all right? They're not signaling plays anymore. And it was reported yesterday that, that they're doing adjustments. They're not doing that either. Watch the All-22. There's no signal of adjustments in. There's no time to signal adjustments in, right? 
Offense gets to the ball with 20 seconds left on the play clock. They motion a guy across. What? And the defense then, like, looks over the sidelines. Tell me what to do. Ball snapped, right? They don't do that, okay? So I don't know what they're trying to film. If they're trying to film personnel signals. Oh, 11 personnel. Well, yeah, as soon as one guy runs off the field, another guy runs on the right. field, the personnel changes. Like, So my question to this whole thing is that if they're trying to be nefarious, for what purpose? The only thing I can think of is that maybe they were trying to get the voice of someone talking and sync it up with something else, whether it was adjustments mid-game or whether it was adjustments by play. But again, most coaches cover their mouths, and we don't even know, too, if the offensive play calls aren't coming in from upstairs or defensive from upstairs. I mean, for example, Andy Reid, I believe, calls the play to Eric Bieniemy, who calls the play to Pat Mahomes. Right. So there's, like a, there's telephone tag there, too, right? So I just – I don't – think that anything was happening here but to matt's point when the patriots have gotten in trouble in the past this looks really bad mm -hmm. and it looks very stupid and i don't understand the purpose of the patriots need to get any b-roll footage if that's what they were doing of the sidelines when the scout was not there the scout did not go on the sidelines for this well and the, the only other thing i'll say about this well two things i guess but i'll be brief the first one so zach taylor first year head coach there was a story Seth Wickersham wrote years and years ago for ESPN, and one of the things that he mentioned in there, in, in the story was about during Spygate how the Pats would try to get footage from every team so they could basically categorize it by team and by head coach. This is the first time they're ever seeing Zach Taylor. So is there something to the idea mm. that, look, maybe they're trying to get a little bit of a Rolodex on Zach Taylor? Maybe not. Maybe this is all an innocent, happy accident uh, but that was the only because everybody's saying, well, why would they do it to the Bengals? Well, maybe that's why. That is indeed the yeah, case. But but I go back to like, what is the purpose? Like, so is the purpose like when he when he signals in a trick play, he changes his demeanor. But again, so who's watching it? So someone like with binoculars during during the game next week, like, oh my god, guys, Zach's doing it now. <laughs> yeah. Signals to Bill Belichick, who then calls the defense, and then signals to the defensive right. guy, who then calls like it's just. It, to well, me, like, I look at these things, I try to look at these things for, like, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, so when I think about these things, I, I think of the why. Like, why would someone, you know, I have a friend who thinks that, like, everyone who's been killed, who's famous, is, like, done by the Illuminati. And I'm like, well, what? why? Why, do, why does someone want drugs. this person dead? Why is this happening? Like, I'm a why guy. And for me, the why is not adding up here. Is why would they want this done? Other than, to Matt's point, just to get mannerism. And we know that Bill Belichick watches coaches on the sidelines. He watched Sean McVay. He obviously watched Pete Carroll yep. all the way back in 2014 yep. freak out. But again, you don't need to have someone illegally filming them. Someone could just be in the stands doing that. You could do it from upstairs. Like, I don't, like, I just, the per I don't get the purpose of so this. So neither of you guys believe, or both of you guys, I guess, believe the excuse that the Patriots are giving the well, NFL, that this was just a really happenstance. I don't know if I buy the excuse, but I, I, I just, I guess, I don't know why they were doing this. But, I don't know. I, uh, that's kind of how I feel. Like, I'm not saying I, I believe the Pats because that's a stretch. But I, I think, to me, like you'd have to be so incredibly dumb to yes. jam a guy in a press box. I mean, anyone who's ever sat in a press box, it's packed to the gills. To sit there and have a guy filming the sideline from the press box, I mean, you'd have to be a moron to put somebody in there and do that. Like, why not buy that guy a seat in the upper deck and just let him do it from there? Correct. But, or just, or just like at the fifty yard line. Right. Like, so that that's that's probably my biggest hang up. But am I saying they're innocent? No, I'm not saying they're guilty or innocent. I just don't know yet. There's not enough information out there. It's it's weird. But I'm not I'm not going to be one of these people who just condemns them out of hand because that's a fashionable thing to do. I don't know if they did something wrong, but they're the Patriots, and so they are guilty in some ways until proven yes. innocent. That's yeah, well, we'll have to see if it helps them next week as they try to beat the hapless Didn't Cincinnati Bengals. We'll be moving on. The Patriots may be filming the Bengals, but if they were filming the Chiefs, it certainly didn't help them on Sunday against Kansas City. <laughs> Andy Reid goes in there. We saw the Travis Kelsey, the uh, directs the Wildcat, the Titan Wildcat. That was great. Uh, the Chiefs get the win. I don't know if a lot of people expected that based on how kind of mediocre both of these teams have been up to this point to where we expected them to be. But to you, Jeff, does this say more about the Chiefs or does it say more about the Patriots? Um, I, I think it's I think it's in the middle. So first of all, the Chiefs offense, in my opinion, is still kind of sputtering. I know it yep. sounds good that they score a bunch of points. But remember, they've done this a lot this year. 
three points, 17 points in one quarter, three points in the second half, right? They've mm. done this all throughout the year. The Raiders game, only 28 points in the second quarter. They, they're just doing just enough offensively to get by. It's because they can't run the football, first of all, so they can't keep a lead. And Pat Mahomes, look, I love Pat Mahomes to death. His footwork and his pocket presence is, is not very good right now. And it, it's not a mean thing to say. It just is what it is. And I know they're going to try to work on that. So offensively, not been very crisp. But defensively, they have been better, right? And I, and I, I want to highlight a couple of things that they did I think they were important. One is they found a good matchup to put Chris Jones. They put Chris Jones on the Patriots' backup center, and he wrecked shop. Chris Jones did great. They just found a good matchup. But I would just caution people on just being excited overly about this defense because the Patriots' wide receivers freaking stink. And, Matt, you were right. You texted me after the game. And you said, I told you so. You're right. They're awful. If they try to do this to the Chargers or the Broncos with their wide receivers, they're going to have problems, right? Like, I think that it's good the Chiefs have played well. Uh, their defense has improved. Their pass defense for sure has improved. But, let, like, let's see this. I, I know it's weird to say a competent offense, but Brady doesn't trust anybody. Mm. Like, Jacoby Myers True. was open on fourth down. He was throwing to Edelman no matter what. Yeah. And Brady made a nice play, so give him credit for that. But also, too, that was really funny. So on the interception Breland had, he clearly was beat, right? It was man coverage. He got beat in the slant. He fell off. By the way, they, they almost they probably had a touchdown, too, because the, the tight end had been the linebacker up the seam on that. And Breland fell into that. And then uh, Honey Badger went on Twitter and said that uh, that's not what happened at all. And then he deleted the tweet because that's 100% what happened. He fell into an interception. <laughs> it was man coverage. And he just got beat. Look, but look, it, sometimes it's it's good to be lucky. Like that's, that's not a bad thing for the Chiefs. So I do credit the Chiefs in the situation. I think offensively, though, there's still a lot to be desired. Yeah, Verderham, you seem to have flipped a little bit because earlier in the year it was Mahomes, 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 and then the defense was a problem. Yep. Now it seems to have flipped around a little bit where you're very high on the defense and you were kind of dogging Mahomes, rightfully so, kind of like what Jeff was saying. doesn't yeah. look as impressive as look, it should be, I, but the defense seems to be showing up so, a little bit more. like Patrick Mahomes not having a good game for him is being phenomenal for like 28 yeah. other quarterbacks in the league. Okay. He, he, for his standards, now, how much his hand hurt? Who knows? I mean, it was obviously bothering him throughout the game. Enough they took x rays after it. Um, like, he, he did not play great. Like, he wasn't bad. He had the bad pick early on the first drive. And then after that, he, yeah. he was pretty good. But, like, he made a couple plays in that game. That, like, most guys would be the best play they've made all yeah. season. Like, the throw to Hardman was ridiculous. He's on his back Amazing. foot getting hit. It's second and 25, and he throws the ball 50 yards and just hits him and it's a touchdown, right? Like, most guys, that yeah. ball's a punt that gets intercepted. And that mm -hmm. ball, it hits him and touchdown. And on that same drive right before that, they had a third and 19, and he finds Tyreek Hill in the middle of the yeah, field, and they pick it up. I mean, those are things that Chief fans, I think, take for granted because he just does it all the time. But, like, if... If, if Dak Prescott did that, people would be falling out of their chairs. It's the greatest play they've ever seen Dak Prescott make. I mean, Mahomes does that constantly. But Jeff's right, and we talked about this last week. Like, their offense isn't bad by NFL standards, but for them, it's been inconsistent. They, they In the second quarter of the game against New England, that's the best defense in the AFC, maybe in the league. They shredded them in the second quarter yep. of that game. They went up and down the field. New England had no answer. The Chiefs were going to the backs. They were going to Kelsey. They were going to Hill. They were going to Hardman. They were going to Watkins. Then the third and fourth quarter. Now, read after the game. So, look, I had to get more conservative because Mahomes was having problems gripping the ball. But even with that, as Jeff said, they couldn't run the ball. They, they couldn't get themselves open. Like, they, they go in fits offensively. Now, defensively, I don't think that they're a top-tier defense. I do think they've actually turned into a pretty good defense. You yeah. can run the ball on the Chiefs, but they've gotten much better. I wrote about it in my column. The last three games, I think they're giving up an average of 109 yards on the ground. Earlier in the year, there was a four-game stretch. They were giving up 193 yards a game on the ground. Yeah. So I, that has changed. The biggest difference has been Frank Clark's been healthy. Now, he was actually coming off the flu last week. They had IVs yeah. in him all week, but he played great. Chris Jones, as you mentioned, Jeff, was just, I mean, every play, it felt like he was in the back. Dominant, yes. So Hitchens has played much better in this defense than last year's defense because he's a 4-3 middle backer. He's not a 3-4 inside guy. They, they've gotten really good play out of their safeties. Ward is a solid corner. Breland's done a nice job. Fuller's good inside. So the Chiefs, you can tell that Spagnuolo's defense, they're starting to get it. Do I think they're going to go in and, and beat somebody 10-7 in a playoff game? No, 
But I do yeah. think they could win a playoff game 23-20, to 20, and that was never happening a year ago. So, so, Matt, that's kind of my point with the Chiefs, I think, is that you know they've been so reliant on Pat Mahomes to be their offense yes. that when he's a little bit off, it kind of just throws their whole offense off. And really their team has been so Pat Mahomes dominant that when he is not having his game, for example, if, if, if do you think they could win a game where their defense allows right now? Do you think it's 35 points? Probably not, depending on who they're playing, but probably not. Not the way they're offensive playing. And, and you used to say, like, that was that was it, right? Yeah, 100% they could. You know, to your rushing stats, really interesting. Right. That, you know, as the Chiefs have been ahead more often in these, in these last couple of weeks, they don't, you know, teams aren't rushing the ball as much. And New England, remember last year in the playoff game, that was their game plan. Yep. We're going to pound the Chiefs to death, and we're going to win that way. And they can't do that anymore. So I'm actually interested to see the next couple of weeks. The Broncos – you know, Drew Locke is like, I don't know, is he good? We'll find out right. this Sunday. And then the Chargers low-key are playing good ball now. And the Chargers have always been kind of that Achilles heel late in the season in Arrowhead against the Chiefs. The Chiefs cannot afford to lose another game, even though I'm not terribly worried about the Bills or Steelers coming to Arrowhead. But I think I think you'd rather see, weirdly enough, the Patriots in Foxborough than go to Baltimore. It's weird to say. I, I think right now there's no question. I got, but that being so, the Chiefs are the only team in the league. Now they're probably one of the very few who've played both. They beat New England. They beat in Baltimore, and they they impressively beat Baltimore. The New England game, and I'll leave it at this. Look, that game at twenty three to seven, the Chiefs got the ball back near midfield. If the Chiefs don't let them back in the game through their own mistakes, that game was on the way to being a blowout. I mean, Kansas City was putting it to them pretty good through three through two and a half quarters. Then the punt gets blocked, Kelsey fumbles, and madness kind of ensues. But, you know, and, and, and I'll just say this quick on the Pats. I didn't learn anything new. They're, they're very good defensively. Yeah. They can't score. We've, I've been saying this for two months. They cannot score. And you're right, Jeff. On that fourth down, Myers is open underneath. And it would have taken a great tackle, I think, from Fuller to keep him out of the end zone. He probably would have well, gone I, in. I actually think, I, I think that it was – Matthew was there to tackle him, but it was enough to just first down, catch the ball. You know, you have a first and goal to two with a minute Right. Left. True. They, that's right. They could have got a first down. So, yeah. I mean – you're right, but Brady, first of all, and the, and the thing I was going to say is the problem for the Pats right now, more than anything else, even more than the receivers, their offensive line's a disaster. They cannot block. I mean, Kansas City, they treated him like he was Flacco in that game. They just blitzed Whoa. and blitzed and blitzed. And bl- but the point is, the point is, though, Brady's not Flacco. Brady's still a damn good quarterback. The thing is, they treated the Pats' line like the yeah. Broncos' line. That's what really well, happened I, in that game. I, I mean, I, I told you this in a text you sent me. I said the difference is they, you know, they blitz Flacco because of Flacco. They yeah. blitz the Patriots because they don't. Their wide receivers can't get open. There's no fear of them. I mean, look, if if they just start catching footballs, their offense becomes immensely better. But how do you trust them to catch the football? Well, I, I don't. You don't. Well, we'll have to find out with the Patriots again. You never count them out until they actually have counted themselves out. But we'll find out. Two teams that we also can't count out. This was probably my favorite game of the week. As much as I enjoyed the Patriots and the Chiefs, and as much as I enjoyed watching Verderam throw himself against a padded cell during the Chiefs game, you actually didn't get to see. I was in my office at my house. Oh, yeah, that, that uh, never, barricaded. That never leaves you. That is an image seared into your mind. But speaking of people that might want to throw themselves against a padded cell, down in New Orleans, Trump the Payne. Saints. They go up against the 49ers. And Jeff, you tweeted this on uh, Sunday. Jimmy Garoppolo goes into the Superdome and plays capital B big boy football. And he proved the doubters wrong. Did he silence all of the people that said, hey, this guy's a question. I don't know if he's the guy that they can rely on when they need to get into a shootout. Because, I mean, that's exactly what he did down in New Orleans. Did he change your mind about their Super Bowl prospects? Yes, he did, and I think he he definitely is now considered a quarterback to go in a Super Bowl. Mm. But more than anything, what the Niners did is they basically guaranteed themselves they don't have to go to New Orleans or go to Seattle in the playoffs. Russell Wilson's five and zero at home in the playoffs. Drew Brees is six and one at home in the playoffs, and that one loss was the Rams game last year. So look, Levi Stadium is not some immense home field advantage for the Niners. The home field advantage is that they don't have to go play in New Orleans. Or Seattle. And this is why that game was so important. And Jimmy G, you mentioned it. He had to do what he had to do. Fourth and two. That was a first down throw. Yes, the last 50 yards were George Kittle. I get that. But the throw was on target, right where he can keep running with the ball after the catch. I mean, little things like that. Right? Like if he throws the ball a little bit behind Kittle and Kittle still catches it, he gets tackled. Throws the ball right where he needs to go. Little things like that are important. And I think he played some big boy football. And I liked his performance. And the Niners, to me, 
I had them number three as contenders to win the Super Bowl. Most of because I thought the Saints would win this game. Now they're number two, in my opinion. I actually think they're better than Baltimore, top to bottom. Um, and they would win that rematch if they played mm. uh, in, in Miami. So, Niners, to me, they put a tough schedule lately. They've won the games. They're a physical group. Their injuries are a little concerning. They kind of got beat up. I like them a lot. Are they better, Verderam, than the Seahawks? Because they still need to play the Seahawks. That is week 17. And that could still decide the number one seed. So do you believe that the 49ers are now the best team in the NFC? Or do we still have a question about that final test against the Seahawks, who already beat them? I think they're better than the Seahawks. I think they're 1-1-A with New Orleans. Okay. I mean, I, I just think that game was so tight, so good. I, I don't think one of them was demonstrably better than the other. Uh, but yeah, you give the Niners a slight edge, they won the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote my column last week after the Ravens-Niners game, what Garoppolo's got to be better, and if he is, they're a Super Bowl team. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm thankful for him for reading the column because he went out <laughs> and he threw for 349 yards and four touchdowns, and he did exactly what they need him to do. He went out and he matched a Hall of Fame quarterback, and that's been my biggest question with them and really the only question the last couple months. Like, can he do that in a big spot? And he did. So I was really impressed by that. I was impressed by the Saints as well, even though they lost the game. Yeah. You know, there have been some like kind of undertones with Breeze. Like, well, he's not throwing for a lot of yards anymore. Like, what's going on? That, well, he, I mean, he played phenomenal football. Mm. So I think they're the two best teams in the conference. I don't think there's a lot of difference either way. I think the Saints could win in, in San Francisco. I think vice versa as well. Jeff, you mentioned you think this shows it up for the Niners. Like, I still think, I think the Niners are better than Seattle, but I'll say this. They're much better. They are. They are. I agree with you. But week 17 in Seattle, if Seattle's playing them for the division in that game, that's still a really hard game. Of, of course it that's is. A, that's Seattle's, a brutal place to play. Just, it, it, it is. And look, they've already won in New Orleans um, in, that, in that environment, right. which is just, just as tough. Now, oh, you they the could win, but it's with. not going to be easy. You have the weather to deal with in Seattle. You don't have that in New Orleans. No, that'd be a, it's going to be amazing. And that'll probably be Sunday Night Football because it's the yep. only game that just yep. means one thing, right? Which is the NFC West, which is what they like to do for that Sunday game. Um, and I, I can't wait to watch it. But the Niners are better on defense. They're better on offense. Now, Wilson's better than Jimmy G, but uh, I, Kyle Shanahan is a master. Just remember, Kyle Shanahan put up 28 points in three quarters on the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like, he has no fear of the Belichick defense. He's not going to be fearful of them in the Super Bowl if they get there. So I think Niners are, are on their way. Weston Richburg being hurt their center is a big deal. I'm going to find out what's wrong with him. But uh, if he get back for the playoffs, that'd be good. He he uh, tore his patella. He's out. He's done. Oof, oh, be a they tough say, one. oh my god. He, yeah, he's, done, can, he's I, done for the year. He tore his patella. Can, cannot catch a break. So that that hurts. They've had their offensive lines bang, banged up all year. Staley, McGlinchey, they've missed time. Yeah, but it's it's a little different when it's your center. Yeah, he makes all the calls. You know. All right, just, guys. Just sets everything up in the middle, all the zone game and stuff. That's tough. Yep. It's time to place your best. All right. The Thursday night game. Lamar Jackson may or may not play. We don't know, but we're going to go over oh, these. Oh, he's going to play. Yeah, hopefully he plays. Like, my God. I want him to play just because he's I love play. how much he enrages the both of you. That he is so good at what he does, but it seems like all we can do is find reasons why he's not a good quarterback. But he's also playing the Jets, so oh, I think the three oh, of us could oh, look good against oh, 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 against right. the New York hold Jets. Hold on, hold on. He doesn't. First of all, doesn't enrage me. I, I won't speak for Jay. I, I I don't care if he's good or not. I but I think what I get annoyed by is not him at all. He's fascinating to watch. In fact, I watched them against the Bills live. I had them on one screen, the Saints yeah, on the other. Same here. And. I love watching the guy play. He seems like a great kid. How could you not root for him? I got no beef. I can't stand when Twitter just goes berserk over. So it's like, oh my God, he threw a sixty-yard touchdown pass to Hayden Hurst. That guy was wide open. They blew a coverage. Like, who cares? I mean, anybody in the league would make that throw. That, that's you your know, starting quarterback. Hey, like, you want you want to know something else that bothers me about this talk? So, you know, he came out and wore the white sleeves, right, in the first half of the game. Yeah. Now, whether or not that was to, like, mock Tim Ryan, who knows? And everyone on Twitter was like, see, he's still good. He played better in the second half when he took him off. Yeah. Now, it means absolutely nothing. It means absolutely nothing. But it's hilarious that, like, people are so wanting him to be good. And by the way, look, 145 yards passing when 61 of those were on one. Like, look, I, look, I'm telling you, I just – the. 
if you can stop there, and I think the Bills and the Niners, two good defense, have figured it out. The Jets are going to play the same way. They're going to force Lamar to keep the ball and hope to, to contain him, which is what teams are doing now. Um, and then, you know, the the Bills said, we're going to play man coverage, man. We don't think anyone could beat us down the field. <laughs> and it worked until they hit the play-action pass. Um, I like the under in this game, by the way, under 45. I think you're looking at uh, Ravens' defense that is really, really good. And the Jets, Greg Williams, man, if you don't think he's going to try to, like, Hurt Lamar Jackson? You've not followed Greg Williams before. He's yeah, going to make yeah. this a mess. He's going to try. He's going to try to beat them up. I mean, that, that's what this is going to be. I'm with you on the under as well. I don't. I wouldn't touch the line. I think the Jets would cover. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on UnderdogFantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win twenty times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. It's a big line, uh, but I'll, I'll take the other. But yeah, the, the thing, look, I just don't, I just hate all the nonsense on Twitter. Not just with Jackson, but in general. There are certain people and certain players on Twitter. Twitter and, nonsense. And they just love them. They love these players. They want it to work. They, they're desperate for it. Oh, and no. then other guys, it's like the guy could throw for 500 yards, but he's a bum because he doesn't fit some narrative Twitter has. Like I, I just don't like – just be genuine. Be gen- And because, frankly, when that it takes away from when Jackson does something legitimately great yeah. or he has a great game. Then it's not as easy to celebrate because everybody's freaking out that he broke Matt Milano's ankles on a seven-yard run. Like, <laughs> who cares? I- I, I don't care. I, I tweeted this out like I tweeted this out like two weeks ago. He had played like, like two and a half games less than Mahomes, and Mahomes had like two hundred less yards than him. Like it's just no point getting yards, not like not being flashy while you do it. I mean, he's he's been great, and if I had a vote, he'd be the MVP of the league. So he'll I, I I fight back against your uh, right. your accusations. But I I just look, it's crazy. I'll tell you right now, and I'll and then I'll I'll drop this whole thing. When they're in the playoffs, I think they're the favorite in the AFC. They've played terrific football all year long. If they get into a game where he's got to throw the ball for them to win, they're going home because yeah. they can't throw the ball. And there's the one thing with them. They play Kansas City, and Kansas City gets up 14-3 in that game. They've got problems. Now, they can run the ball all game long and control the tempo. They're going to win. But if he's got to drop back and throw the ball 30-35 times, Bad news. All right, let's move on to the Bears and the Packers. Just a reminder, these numbers are brought to you by the Action Network. You guys both, the 66% of the bets on the uh, Jets and the Ravens were on the over there. So see where your guys' money is at. But for the Bears and the Packers, the over-under is at 41. 66% of the bets are on the over. 25% of the money is on the over. Jeff, where are you going with the Bears and the Packers over under 41? Ugh. Uh, I think I lean Bears plus the four and a half. This is right in that Bill Simmons calls the Vegas zone, kind of like in the middle and four and a half, like in the middle of nowhere. Um, I, the Packers are just kind of getting by, right? The point yeah. differential is like plus 20. They're 10 and three. It's wild. And their offense has not looked terribly good recently. Bears defense is picking up. I just don't trust Tr- Trubisky, but I think four and a half is too many dang points. Yeah. 64% of the money is on the Packers at four and a half. I'm with you with the Bears to cover. I I think the Packers win, but they have not been good. I know they beat the Giants 31-13. Go back and watch the game. They, that was a slog for three quarters. They barely mm. beat the Redskins at home. Haskins has been brutal all year long. And he, he couldn't do anything to put them away. And Rodgers has this like growing and increasing tendency into odd or like he holds the ball forever. And he just keeps waiting to make like the 90-yard touchdown throw on third and four. I, I don't understand what's going on. Like, just throw the ball. Just get rid of the football. And it, I, I don't know if it's, it's like that's just not going to fly in a playoff game, man. Like, you're not you're not beating good teams by you just dancing around for seven seconds, hoping something comes open. So I don't like the Packers at all right now. The way they're playing, I think they're trending down. I think the Bears are slightly trending up. I don't think the Bears are as good as the Packers. I think the Packers win this game, but I do think the Bears cover. All right, Texans and the Titans. This turns into a very good game based on what we've seen from the last couple of weeks of these teams. Titans minus three. 46% of the money is on Tennessee. Uh, 40% of the bets on Tennessee as well. Verderam, are you going with the people or are you going against the grain? 
normally I'd say, look, the Texans just got their pants pulled down by an inferior team at home. They're going to come out and roll. But they're the Texans. And nobody has any idea what's going on. And you know what I do know what's going on? The Titans are kicking ass and taking names on a week-in, week-out basis. And Derrick Henry's going to run for a million yards in this game. Tannehill's been hitting people play action. And A.J. Brown is the best receiver you've never heard of. He is having a great rookie year out of Old Miss. They're playing with swagger. They're confident. They're at home. That stadium is a mausoleum, typically. I bet you it gets pretty loud this weekend. You're going to have a lot of people who are into it. I think the Titans win this game going away. The Texans are just not playing well. That being said, Texans might still win the division because all they have to do is be tied with them uh, Mm -hmm. as long as they split the season series and they play again week 17 at Houston. And if the game's in Houston, Houston obviously has has a decent shot of winning. But I just don't like the Texans at all right now. You win that game against the Pats, but the fourth quarter of that game, you almost blow it because you're so nonchalant about it. Then you get the Broncos. who Look, well, Drew Locke, that's all fine and well. You you cannot lose that game for the Texans. And you get, not only did they lose, I'm sitting there watching the Bills-Ravens game and the Niners and the Saints game, and I'm looking at the bottom line, and it's 7 nothing, It's 14 nothing. I'm like, oh, that's, that's weird. Okay, but it's early. I lost track of the game. I looked down. It's halftime. It's 31-3. to So yeah, give me the Titans in this game to win and to win big. Yeah, the over-under is 50. 80% of the bets are on the over. 89%. Over of the money is on the over as well. Jeff, what are you doing with this game? Um, I'm taking the Titans here. I, they're just hot, man. They're just hot, plain and simple. And I think you roll with the hot team right now. Mm-hmm. They're running the ball well. Ron Tannehill is like leading in like QBR and EPA per play. And all those incredible. B- baseballs. It's unbelievable. So I'm rolling with the Titans here at home, minus three. There you go. Moving on to the Rams and the Cowboys, which is going to be a more interesting game at the beginning of the season than it is now that we arrive to it. It's a pick. We have 90% of the bets on L.A., 95% of the money on L.A. The over under. Oh, yeah. And the over under, too. 48 and a half. 67% of the bets on the over. 81% of the money is on the over. Verderam, what are you doing with this game? I'm taking the Rams. Uh, are you kidding me? Have you what seen everybody else Dallas? Is doing. I, I, listen. I know that you know sometimes the NFL that happens and the team gets hot or they get inspired. The Cowboys did something on Thursday night that told me how I'm picking with them the rest of the year. I don't care what anybody says. They quit in that game. They they weren't tackling. They weren't rallying to the ball. Garrett looks like he's just dead behind the eyes at this point. That team is done. D O N E capital. Like that team, they have nothing left. They don't want to coach for Garrett, or they don't want to play for Garrett. I think Garrett, I mean, let's be real, he knows he's gone. He's getting fired. So what is his big motivation? Like That team is bad. And the Rams, all of a sudden, the last two weeks, have somehow figured out what to do. They've gotten Gurley going a little bit. Goff has looked confident because of that. Uh, look, I think the Rams win this game somewhat easily. Dallas is a mess right now. Jeff, can you convince so, any better out there to go with the Cowboys? Because everybody, literally everybody is betting on the Rams. Is there any hope in maybe throwing a bet out there and winning some money on the Cowboys? Which means you should bet the Cowboys. Yeah. Every single person is betting the Rams. Yeah. I'll tell you why the Cowboys are the play here. The look-ahead line after the Cowboys loss, before the Rams played, was like three, three and a half. Cowboys yeah. here by three, three and a half. So you can you get three points now, basically, in your direction if you, if you take the Cowboys. The Cowboys still, and this is maybe my fault, maybe I'm naive, they're still more talented than most teams they play in the NFL. The problem is they're not coached very well. Mm. And yep. they could just flip the switch and like play well this weekend. I don't know. But I, I will I almost never, unless the Patriots will ever bet on a team that has ninety five percent of the money on them. So just by principle, I'm taking the Cowboys at home in this game. So I actually wanted to bring this up because I thought of this in real time. I almost just forgot it. But so Watching the Cowboys on Thursday night, and you're right, by the way, they are more talented than most teams, but their effort and their body language reminded me of a game that you actually played in. I remember watching a long time ago. So 2013, the Chiefs played at Washington. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was bad weather, all that. Jamal Charles went nuts. You guys were blocking your asses off up front. And I just remember watching that game, and the Redskins, just in real time, you could just see them being like, yeah, yeah, we're done. We're going to get beat. And just laying down and the coaching staff, just like that same look of just, well, nothing we can do because they don't want to play. And it's just, 
I'll never forget watching that game. I was watching it with my quit. dad. They did, they did quit. And, she, and just and being like, it was like halftime. Just thinking like, this game's over. It was like 38-7 at halftime in the snow. And it just was like, there were like 5,000 fans that should, they were there for the second half. And there's a picture. If you look on Google, like 2013 Chiefs Redskins snow. There's a photo of opening the second half. And it took a, like a stadium like start a third quarter. And legit. A thousand people in the in the RFK FedEx Field today is huge, like yeah. ninety thousand. It's a huge stadium, and uh, the year before, which is odd, the year before I went there as a Viking, and I was there when RG three had that seventy yard touchdown run to win the game. Yeah. That might have been one of the loudest moments I've ever heard in the NFL. And I go the next year, it's snowing, and we win by a lot. I was I just remember that game. Just, the Redskins just laid down as that game went on, yeah. and it reminded me of the way Dallas played. On Speaking Thursday. of laying down. The Pittsburgh Steelers have refused to lay down this year. Despite being on their third-string quarterback, they've been playing so well that they got flexed into the Sunday night game with the Buffalo Bills. It is the first time I think that the Bills got on on Sunday night football, I think since NBC has had that Sunday night football package. But uh, the Steelers minus two, 17% of the bets are on Pittsburgh. 22% 22% of the money is on Pittsburgh. The over-under is set at 36 65% of those bets on the over. 24% of the money also on the over. Jeff, what are you doing with this Sunday night bonanza? Well, the the total's very low. Mm-hmm. Um, we say 36 and a half. Yeah, that's, that's what happens when you get Josh Allen and Duck Hodges going at each other. But I think to the Steelers minus two here. Guys, I'm going to let you know a secret. Okay, ready? Josh Allen is not very good. <laughs> okay, like I don't, I don't know why, I don't know why, like we think he's good. Look, seventh pick overall in the draft. All right, the biggest game of the year, he was seventeen of like thirty-nine, overthrew like seventeen people, and he wasn't very good. Why is he all of a sudden going to be good against the Steelers? I don't get. Like I know, I know, I know, people want to be excited for this guy, but we know that if you are below replacement for two years to start your career, it's very rare you become above replacement. Afterwards, he's completing 61% of passing the NFL. That's like 27th in the NFL. If you look at all the numbers, EPA, uh, you know, expected uh, points added or something like that. I don't know what, I think that's what it stands for. I said expected points added. Mm-hmm. If you look at DVOA, look at pro football focuses grading. You look at, there's all these other stats you look at. You look at the game. He's, yeah, that too. Not good. <laughs> like, I'm not betting on him man. on the road. I, and I, by the way, Oh, the Steelers' offense is very good either. Duck Hodges, yeah. they're last in the NFL He's in the red good. zone the last three weeks. They're 18% in the red zone converting touchdowns. That's freaking atrocious. But they're but what they're doing, they're playing their style of football. They're feeling themselves, which is important. They're running the ball better. I do think, though, that like 36 and a half, I, you got to take the under here, but I'd bet the Steelers too. I'm betting the Steelers minus two. I think they win. I think it's tight, but I think they win. Look, to, the, to your point, okay, Duck Hodges, like everybody wants to make him into this folk hero. Like he's not good, he's not good. But you know, listen, they've done enough because they play great defense. They've gotten some plays on special teams, which they did in Arizona with the return touchdown. So they've won, uh, and I think they're going to win again because I think their defense is going to throttle Allen enough that they're just going to handle business. Like I said earlier, I watched that Ravens Bills game in real time. Wink Martindale, the coordinator for the Ravens, and they blitz a lot anyway. They were. If they could have brought 12 guys, they would have done it. They were just, here it is. We don't care. We're, we're blitzing nonstop. They hit him 12 times. They sacked him six times. This is my biggest problem with Allen. Like the physical talent's there. He's a big kid. He's got a big arm. When, and we saw this, by the way, week three against the Pats. When teams bring pressure against Josh Allen, he struggles to identify it. It's it's a major problem for him and for the Bills. Like he he doesn't know that he doesn't know his hot, doesn't know to get rid of the ball quite right. Like it's just any team like I guarantee you in this game, Pittsburgh's gonna bring pressures and try to force him into just taking a sack. Tur- he just he doesn't understand what he's looking at sometimes. And that's a major concern against a very good defense in Pittsburgh. I'll put money on the Steelers just because I want to say that my beach house was purchased by a guy named Duck Hodges. He helped me get my beach house. That's a story that I want to tell my grandkids. Uh, Moving on to the last game we have here, Monday Night Football. Speaking of a throttling or a potential throttling, 
The Indianapolis Colts go into New Orleans, a team yeah. hungry for some revenge after what happened, not only against the 49ers, but this last tough stretch that they've been through. The Saints, minus nine, 63% of the bets are on New Orleans. 86% of the money is on New Orleans. And the over-under is set at 46, with 93% of the bets on the over. Jeff, what are you doing with this game? Honestly, that number is, I feel like it's a stay away for me. Mm. I, I, nine feels like a lot, but I don't, trust, I don't really trust the Colts. And the Saints could have a letdown after this week, playing the game they have. I do think their defense is going to play a lot better. Like, I actually feel the, the team totals aren't really out yet, but I feel very, I feel actually more comfortable. It's, I know it's kind of a weird bet to do this, taking the Colts under whatever number they are. Like, I, like, I think their defense, Saints defense, is playing really well offensively. You know, Jared Cook doesn't play. We'll see if it's, you know his concussion situation. Like, I just, I feel like they have a letdown offensively, but I kind of like that bet, like under Colts points. Uh, I'm going to take the Saints to cover and win large in this game. I think the Saints come out pissed off. I think the Colts are done. They're missing guys all over the field. Like, this game's a smacks of, like, 41 to 17 to me. I, I just – Brissette, the, the, like, the, the bloom is off the rose. He he, is not, he never throws for any real yardage. T.Y. Hilton being out, they, they can't move the ball for a foot. Like, it's just – this is – and it's in the Superdome. Like, this is in Indianapolis, maybe. But, like – I think the Saints win really, really big here. I think they know they got... Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before... You need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. I keep winning to try to get into that you know, top two seed, get a buy, go from there. All right, we'll see if we make our money back here on this next week's slate of games or if we don't, but who knows? It's all fake money that we're betting with. Your real money is being bet, so don't come at us if you actually lose that. It's time for In or Out. There was a scene in Oakland this weekend, which was actually pretty sad for me. Uh, one of the Ra- Raiders receivers caught a 46-yard, 49-yard touchdown reception, and he leaps into the black hole, and it is just packed with Raiders fans, passionate Raiders fans, guys that John Gruden on the broadcast said that he had recognized from back when he was there in Oakland in the 90s, and they're still there in 2019. That is what the NFL is leaving behind when they move the Raiders to Las Vegas next year. So, Jeff and Verderam, the league will regret moving the Raiders out of Oakland and to Las Vegas. In or out? Jeff, start with you. Well, I'm sure Matt, being the diehard Chiefs fan, will, will shed any cheers for the Raiders. Um, <laughs> I, I do not think they'll regret this. So what does that mean? That means I'm, uh, I'm out on this. Um, I think it sucks for Oakland fans in general. You mentioned their fans. They have great passionate fans, but their stadium is a dump. I mean, they had to leave the stadium. Mm-hmm. But the possibilities for the NFL in Las Vegas are huge, especially with gambling becoming more mainstream. So I think they're not going to regret this at all because now they have a base in Vegas. The Raiders are going to lose a lot of home field advantage because they're going to have, you know, like who they like, let, let, like let's say they're playing, who they're playing this weekend. I don't even know who they're playing. Let's say it's. Mm-hmm. Jack, that's a bad. So, what they're playing a cold weather team from the north, right? Yeah, Pittsburgh. And, and the, yeah, Pittsburgh. They're playing, you know, week, you know, week uh, 17, 16 yep. in Vegas. All of Pittsburgh is going to Vegas for that game. It's a warm, it's friendly stadium. No one goes and watches the Raiders now in Oakland Coliseum. You're going to get beat up and you're not going to have a good time. And the, the stadium sucks. So, I think it's a win for the NFL, it's a loss for the Raiders for sure. Yeah, look, I'm I'm out on it from a business standpoint. I think the NFL is going to make way more money in Vegas than it ever would know. They already have the draft coming there. They're going to have a Super Bowl there. They're going to, they, you know, they they are going to have a ton of events in Vegas, and so you know, that's a, that's a positive for the league. But I'm in on it from the standpoint. So actually, as much as I I am, I I am a Chiefs fan. I I love the history of the NFL, and uh, it, I, I'm sad that they're leaving. I, I really am. Like, that's a great fan base. That's a group of fans that they've been there through thick and thin. When they moved to L.A., they came back from L.A. They welcomed them back. Um, it's sad. It's sad it didn't work out because, honestly, you're right, Jet. Like, 
you think like, people always laughed at Chargers and how like that whole thing is gone. That's going to happen in Vegas. Like there, there are going to be games where if that stadium seats seventy thousand people, forty thousand fans are from the other team. Like it's coming, um, and and I hate to see that because I love watching games when the home field advantage is legit, whether it's in the Superdome or up at Mile High mm-hmm. or at Heinz Field or Arrowhead or Seattle, like Green Bay. That's that's football to me. Like that's fun. Like it, it means something when you go on the road and you win in those buildings, and. I'm really going to miss seeing the black hole. I just, I that for me as a Chiefs fan, seeing that once a year, that was always fun because it was it was crazy, and it's it's going to be very sterile. I feel like in Las Vegas. Well, moving on from one struggling fan base, although they've had some success with the Raiders this year, at least they're going out on kind of a high note, to another fan base that has been just habitually sad for the last two decades, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, We've talked a lot about Freddie Kitchens on this show throughout this season. We've talked a lot about Baker Mayfield. Uh, The future is still in the future for the Browns, but who will be that head coach is a big question that we will have. Matt and Jeff, Ron Rivera, will be the head coach of the Cleveland Browns in 2020. Verderam, let's start with you this time. Uh, I'm out only because I think Rivera's going to coach the Giants. Um, I think that's how this is going. If Gettleman's there, I think he's coaching there. If Gettleman's not there, then all bets are off. Um, But, look, I think Rivera's going to have a lot of options, Mm -hmm. and I don't think Cleveland is your first option. And I feel bad saying that because John Dorsey's somebody who I think is a hell of a GM, okay, he, he's a guy who I think has put together a talented roster, but maybe forgot about the, the chemistry part of things. Um, Kitchens is gone. If they, if they don't fire Kitchens, forget about it. Just push the whole stadium into the lake and be done with it. I, I, don't, I mean, my God. And I won't go off that. I, I went off on that rant last week. Um, so I'm out. But I think, I think, look, Mike McCarthy last year, that was – if the Browns had their druthers, at least some people in the Browns organizations, McCarthy would have been the head coach. Mm-hmm. It didn't work out for a variety of reasons. I wouldn't be shocked if he's the head coach going into 2020. Right? Like he, he said he wants back in. He and Dorsey not only have a history together, they're friends, they're very tight. Like That would make a lot of sense on a lot of levels. He could try to get Baker back on track because your first priority, if you're the Browns, you've got to get Baker Mayfield to work. If he doesn't work, the hell with it. The rest of it, And by the way, nice job by him throwing the entire training staff under the bus. Good job. But if you're, if you're the Browns, you've got to get Baker to work. And I think McCarthy would be a really good fit for that. Um, I do not think he'll be the coach in Cleveland because who wants to go coach in Cleveland? He'll, he can go coach Jacksonville. You mentioned the Giants. I, I think Rivera is an excellent coach. I think the Browns are going to want to want to hire him because he's an adult, right? Mm. But no one wants to go with Baker Mayfield, throwing people under the bus. Guys, more commercials than touchdown passes this year. Good for him. It's really weird to see him throw interception and then immediately see a commercial of him. It's just yeah, it's a great. weird phenomenon. But uh, look, he cashed in when he cashed in because he's not cashing in, you know, and anymore after the season with those with those ads. By the way, you played uh, for a Farrah, correct? A few years. Yep. So One year. Yeah. What do you, I mean, you know, just you you know the man. You you played for him. I mean, what are your thoughts on him and and you know kind of how things went. Well, look, it, it was – this was always going to happen, right? David Tepper was going to want to get his own – and I actually liked that uh, David Tepper said, hey, look, you know, I, I don't want to do you a disservice by interviewing other coaches before, you know, like before basically that, that you know, I, that you, I fired you. So I appreciate right. uh, – it's going to be awesome. I, I look for him to get a job right away. I think I mean, unless, unless he wants to take a year off, I think he's, he's, he's no. He said his press conference he's going to be back. Yeah, I, I think he's going to have multiple offers right away. I think it's I think it's going to be good for him long term too. No. Sometimes you just kind of run out of steam in a place. Yeah. No. All right. Last one that we have here for in and out. A team other than the Ravens, the Chiefs, or the 49ers will end up winning the Super Bowl this year. Jeff. Um. Well, I'm. Uh, I'm going to say out because I don't know how you didn't include New England in this. I mean, purposely you did, obviously. You didn't include them. Yeah. But no, New England has to be included in this. Until until they're dead, they're still always okay. a Super Bowl favorite. Okay. Look, I'm, I'm out, and here's why. First of all, I, and, and I've been the one screaming New England has no offense, but I've consistently also said anyone who counts them out is a fool because that team, like, they know how to win in January. And if you don't think they could win three playoff games, you've, you don't know the Patriots. 
I think right now, in my mind, these are the teams that can win the Super Bowl. And, and I, I'm not putting them in order. Just in any order you want to put them, here are the teams that can legitimately win the Super Bowl. New Orleans, San Francisco, Baltimore, Kansas City, New England. Yeah. That's it. Seattle's oh. not doing it. Seattle would be the, my sixth only because of Russell Wilson and yeah. Carroll. But I, I think they're going to have to go on the road. So I, I would say they're like kind of like a, a fringe. The Vikings aren't winning the Super Bowl. Green Bay's not winning the Super Bowl. Whoever comes out of the NFC East isn't winning a game in the playoffs. Nobody who's a wild card in the AFC is winning the Super Bowl. And Houston can't even beat Denver at home. They're not winning the Super Bowl. So to me, those five teams, it's going to come down to who's healthiest, who's hottest. Like that, it, Just the way the matchups fall. Any of those five teams win the Super Bowl, I'm not surprised at all. Those five teams, to me, are the best five teams in the NFL, and any of them can win the Super Bowl. All right, we'll see uh, just how right or wrong we are about all of that. Because like Jeff said, the Patriots win the Super Bowl every year. They could lose in the wild card. I mean, they'll just go film somebody and find a way to get back into the playoffs, bend the rules, win the Super Bowl. Until they don't win... I'm not going to believe that they're not going to win. So we'll see. But that's that's a few mo- a month or so ahead. Let's look ahead to week 15 this weekend and what we are looking forward to out of this next slate of games. Jeff, what are you sitting down on Sunday and tuning into? Uh, do, I have, do I have to say Titans, Titans, Texans? Yes, you do. Because <laughs> I'm gonna billow. That's probably the game, right? Like it's ugh, makes me kind of ill saying that, but. Because you know that game's going to turn into like 17-7. It's going to be just awful. Um, but that's the game. I mean, the Titans are coming on strong. Can the Texans rebound? Uh, to me, that's that's the big game this weekend um, as far as it kind of, you know, if we're looking for a playoff sort of atmosphere. Um, I think Packers-Bears is important for the Packers offensively. The Bears also, you know, kind of knocked out of the race right now if they don't win that. Um, and then uh, lastly, I'll throw this in there. Uh, Giants Dolphins. If Eli plays, he get back to 500. Yeah, yeah, he's 116 and 117 right now. If he plays, he could be 117 and 117. Rooting for that. So uh, I was going to say uh, Houston Tennessee, but I'll go a different route since you said that. I want to see how Drew Locke plays against Kansas City, and not forget the Chiefs. Like I want to see Drew Locke in this game. He was not good against the Chargers. I know people freak out. Like, if you look at that tape, he was not. He threw for like 134 yards and a pick. He was not anything to write home about. Against Houston, he looked like Joe Montana. So I'm curious to see, like, if you know anything about Spagnuolo, you know he's going to bring pressure. The Chiefs are going to man up on them. They're probably going to double Sutton, try to make him beat him yeah. anywhere else. Okay, And the Broncos without Emmanuel Sanders still being there, I don't know if they can do that, but we'll see. I want to see how Locke plays in this game. He yeah. had that big game. Everybody's excited, rightfully so. If you're a Broncos fan, you should be. I'm curious to see now. And look, for the record, I want to say, if he has a horrible game, that doesn't mean I think he stinks or anything. It's just a bad game. But if he goes into Arrowhead, even if they don't win, but he plays really well, that's a nice feather in his cap as they kind of come to the end of the year. So I want to see Drew Locke, young quarterback, getting a shot. How does he look? Because if he doesn't look good down the stretch, Denver might take a quarterback round one. It might be your guy, Justin Herbert. If Locke plays well, that changes the dynamic of the draft. So I'm really interested for a lot of reasons to see how does Drew Locke play the rest of the year. Starts in Arrowhead at 1 p.m. on Sunday. I'm looking forward to the uh, Browns and the Cardinals. A, because the oh Bucs have, have given me nothing to look forward to this year. Like oh They've won God. three straight games, and they still got eliminated from the playoffs when they won. Jameis Winston's done terrible things to my football intelligence. It's, it's incredible. But, I mean, look. Browns, Cardinals, Kyler Baker. Let's do this. Oh my God. And also, Cliff no. Cliff beating Freddie Kitchens, that is going to be an incredible talking point the upcoming week. I am so here for that chaos. Give me that chaos in week 15, please. Well, we'll see next week if uh, we have anything to talk about out of that game, the games that Jeff or Matt mentioned, or anything that we mentioned on this show this week. Because Stacking the Box comes out every Tuesday afternoon. You subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Google. Leave us a five-star review. Tell us how much you love us or hate us, and we can talk about that on the show as well. And tell all your friends. Get this going. Get people listening to Stack in the Box. Every Tuesday, it comes out. Make it a part of your routine. That's Jeff Schwartz. That is uh, Matt Verderam. I am Josh Hill, and we will see all of you next week. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture, and everything in between.
So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So, tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush that for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.